welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 7, Episode 3, titled Shakespeare. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one body co-host. From the Bloody Podcast Network, please say... Fucking make it happen! I don't want to hear any goddamn excuses. Anymore! To Laurie Roggenkamp. Hello, Laurie Roggenkamp. Hello, how are you? I'm doing very well. You know, uh, everyone should know this is like the fourth time I had to do the introduction because seamless. Yeah, you know what? RuPaul should have been saying that to me. The, yes, uh, I don't want to hear any goddamn excuses anymore. Make it work. Uh, I also want everybody to know this is Lori the Rockin' Camp. <laughs> Lori, <laughs> I'm so used to saying Taylor the Latte Boy. I just call Lori the Rocket Cup. <laughs> this, you know what's so funny? I'm going to start calling you that now on all the shows. Uh, and but I got, but only like 30 people are ever going to hear. That means everyone from the other one's going to be like, oh, well, "Why is it Lori the Rocket Camp?" And we should never I'm, tell them. I'm going to get another message going. Excuse me, why is he referring to you as Lori the Rocket Camp? And I'm just going to be like, I don't know. I don't By know. the way. Everyone should know that uh, we fi- we finally figured out. I because I really didn't know the answer either. I thought it was just doing to be funny. I figured out why I call her Lowry. Should we tell them Lowry? Sure, it's the exclusive tier. So let's do it. <laughs> it's uh, uh one like last week, uh, like on Friday or Saturday night, I called Lowry Rocking Camp and I was, I said to Siri. Call Laurie Rogging Camp. And it said, Calling Laurie Rogging Camp. And I was like, That's why I call her Laurie Rogging Camp. Because Siri, when you put in L A U R I, it Siri pronounces it Lowry. Yeah. Because it is like an English accent, right? No, mine isn't an English accent. Oh, really? No. Oh. No. Because, uh, because I, whenever I, uh, uh, mine's an English accent. Whenever I say call Joe, mm-hmm. it says calling Joe Batance. <laughs> Oh well, I know I know that it, that series says my name like uh, Beyonce, but it says it Batonce. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I changed it to Fat Ass. Calling Fat Ass. So okay, so here's the thing. So again, like uh, we constantly mention this every episode, but we're recording this in uh, this is October. Today's October twenty third, uh, two thousand nineteen. Yes. But most the va- the vast majority of people, the vast majority of people, ninety nine point nine percent of people hearing this, will be hearing it in the summer of twenty twenty. Okay, if podcasts still exist. If- <laughs> If podcasting still exists, that's when most people are hearing it. And um, so this is old news. But this week we we interviewed Hollow Eve from season three of Dragula uh, on the show, on our Hello Ugly show. And someone took that podcast and posted it on Reddit. Okay. Now, I knew this. They'd been talking about it on Discord. But most of the people in our audience were wise enough to go, like, mention that it existed, but not tell me what was said. Okay. As did I. Oh, 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 oh. So Lori texts me today, and she goes, I don't know if you know this or not. And, you know, Lori never goes in Discord, so she doesn't know this. She goes, I, I don't know if you know this or not. Someone posted um, our interview with Hollow Eve on Reddit. And I, and I wrote to her, I'm aware of this. Don't tell me anything about it. And then I'm about to say, like, I don't want to hear the comments. No, no, no. I said, no, no I you know said you were about to type in, don't tell me anything. Because when I typed in my thing, you type, your, your thing was sent, don't tell me anything about it. So, <laughs> and she writes, I don't think you should go there. <laughs> I was like, why would you tell me that? Why would you tell me that? But I did have a nice conversation with Taylor Lotte Boy. And I'm just going to say this he talked to me about it, and I'm just going to leave it at that. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't want to get into it. I don't want you to tell me what people were saying. I don't want to know. Um, did he? Did he tell you what they were saying? I don't want to say what Taylor told me. I don't want to. Say okay. ta- I don't want to continue the conversation. But you know, Taylor, who is a mental health professional, knows how to talk to crazy people. So he was talking to me, and he knew the right words to say. So because here's the deal. And by the way, I I, I feel. 
I feel safe saying this is I know I'm not alone. I know a lot of the drag queens. It's funny because now as a, as a creator about drag, I'm not a drag artist, but who is in the world of drag because I do a show about drag. Um, I totally get what they're saying, but a lot of drag queens have talked about how they can't read the comments or they can't go on Twitter. Or they can't go on Reddit because it hurts their feelings. And I will say they get it a hundred times worse. You yeah. know, you know, one of the things that bothers me, uh, that um is that you see here's the deal luke is saying that he like luke is saying that luke Stain, by the way is one of our our exclusive tier supporters and he's saying in the chat room yeah i responded unknowingly that i had a special flair and i got downvoted to hell trying to defend y'all i may have done more damage than good like do we don't tell me anything but now that we think like do we really need that much defending to be honest with you i i i don't I don't think I don't think I I feel like most of the stuff was actually good. That's what Taylor said. It was just it it was just the 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 start. You know, it was like uh, if somebody gave you a compliment like, wow, you when I first met you, you were a piece of shit. (laughs) And then but now, which is what I always say to you. Yeah. Uh um, That might actually be the most flattering thing you've told me. Yeah. You, you, You know what? You know what? I'll be honest with you. That Lori just leaves it at that. She'll say like, you know, the first time I met you, I thought you were a f- real piece of shit. Pasta butter, and then yeah, and then <laughs> I just drive away. Yeah. yeah. Um. And he's like, "Why'd you have me come out of my house for this? Yeah. And why is it uh, butter?" So, uh, so yeah, so I uh, that's kind of how I felt. But yeah, I thought Luke, and then also uh, Barney said some really nice things. Mm-hmm. So I was actually not, I wasn't upset by it what was being said i will say what uh, i i kind of after talking to hollow mm-hmm. i kind of feel like nothing they say will hurt my feelings again because it's like i just i guess i just didn't realize the depths that these performers have to go through because hollow was talking about how she has to check and make sure that security mm-hmm. how what security is like and yeah you know stuff like that and she so it's it's a it's a way more personal thing for her than it'll ever be for us so yeah if people want to say that they don't like us or whatever i mean which nobody did Mm -hmm. to be honest i don't i don't think i didn't read all the comments but Mm -hmm. um you know it's like who gives a shit well yeah and that's the thing that i've I've taken solace in is that i know that a lot of the drag queens you know like they they really i mean if i get it they get it 90 percent. you know what's so funny is we actually mostly get very very nice things and i was talking to a friend of mine she was in the media on the news side of things right she's a regular on all these news she's like a talking head on news programs right Okay. And I was talking Is it to Jeff Bezos' girlfriend. It was Jeff Bezos' okay. girlfriend. No, it was it was okay. CNN contributor Jeffrey Tubin. Um and I were talking. And um who's the who's the Latina one who hates Trump? Uh the, you have to be more specific. There are a lot of Latinos <laughs> who hate Trump. I can't remember her name. She's on CNN. Is it Anna Navarro? Yeah, yeah, Anna Navarro. My friend Anna Navarro was talking to her and she was asking me about my the my podcasting stuff, and I was saying about, you know, like just sharing things, you know, the the stuff that I go through. And she was like, well, look, it's all, it ultimately what you're getting is all positive. She's all, yeah. I get things where like, I hope, uh, you know, I hope someone comes in and rapes you. And I know. Yeah. That's live. awful. Yeah. 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 And so. Like, mm-hmm. Oh no. But what I was going to say, well, sorry, you, I interrupted you. No, what were you no go ahead. I was just going to say that I see, here's the thing that I don't understand about that kind of stuff is like, I admit that I, I sometimes maybe have hard opinions about things, but I'm also open to changing my opinion. You know, like if I could say, I could go into it saying, I think that like with hollow, I said, I don't, I think hollow is a one trick pony. Mm -hmm. And I totally did a 180 and, and you know, was now I'm a total stand of hers and think that, or theirs and think that they're an amazing performer. Mm -hmm. And, you know and but it's because i feel like people have to be open but there are just some people who are like if you say if you say automatically that you don't like this person then that means that you will always be in the category of not liking that person and i just think that that's kind of ridiculous 
Well, and yeah. also there are people who think that, you know, if you don't like somebody that that gives you carte blanche, to just say any hateful thing that comes to your mind. And it's just like, no, that's ridiculous. It's so, so funny that you say that. For, Cause I think the same thing is, is done with politicians where if a politician said something 15 years ago, it's like, he still believes that, you know, and where they, you know, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I think I've talked about this in other shows. If you would ask me in the year 2000, I was anti-gay marriage. Now I was anti-gay marriage in a very like, radical gay kind of way i was anti-gay yeah. marriage and like we don't need fucking marriage we'll do our own fucking thing you know we don't want the same thing as the straights you know and i evolved on that i have now evolved pretty close to that but like it, but here i was thinking about this the other day is when i was in college i lived in an apartment in newport beach okay i lived in many apartments in newport beach but this is particularly like my sophomore year junior year in college okay uh-huh and we lived above a person who had very severe mental health issues. She had uh, clearly schizophrenia, okay? And we wondered why our apartment was so cheap. And it was so cheap because she would keep us up at all hours of the night, like, banging on the window, yelling at the demons in her room to stop trying to rape her. And she would wear aluminum foil on her head and all this stuff, right? Uh-huh. And I wrote a humor column. I had a humor column in the school newspaper. And, and most of the time, every week, it was this very pleasant humor column. But at some point in the year, I was just had had enough of this woman with the mental health issues. I wasn't able to sleep. And it was really, really hard, you know? Uh-huh. And I wrote a scathing – and I didn't even say scathing – a horrible, super offensive – Really, it makes me cringe to think that I wrote this humor column edition of that humor column, right? Yeah, and to, it's out there. You know, it's it, it's not it's not scanned online, but you would have to you would have to go because they didn't have they don't have those issues. Thank God, scanned into the computer. But if you went to the school and someone looked it up, they would find you know that humor column, and it could. I, I don't ever plan on running for office, but they could use it to embarrass me. And it's one of these things, like Lori. I literally wrote that. 23 years ago or something like that you know yeah but i would have to explain myself now that like yeah i was 19 years old and a stupid dumb shit and i i regret it i regretted it when i was 19 when but it was joe you're always supposed to know that what you're doing you're always supposed to have the moral high ground yeah. don't you know that you're never supposed to make a mistake yeah and that's what that's what i'm saying but that it's and you know it's so funny again earlier i was talking about uh with taylor the latte boy that um about you know I, I had a therapy session and i brought up about this wasn't a problem this is a casual conversation i was having with my therapist about uh, people who came down on us specifically og hello uglies for they accuse us of you know misgendering uh a contestant on dragula right and yeah. we, you and i didn't even know this person was non-binary you know and so um I was saying, you know, the thing is, is that Lowry and I try really hard to give people the right gender. We didn't know about this person. And... I prefer my stage name, Lori the Rogging Camp. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Lori the Rogging <laughs> You know, really. And once we found out this person identified with they, them pronouns, we, we switched it to that. And, yeah. Um, but this person, these people got so mad. And that's a whole other conversation about them getting mad. But it's one of these things where it, it, you have to look at the intent people have. And our intent was, it wasn't like... To me, the real douchebags that you attack are the ones where you go like, I prefer he, him, or she, her. And you're like, let's say you, let's say for you, Lori, you preferred, you know, he, him, for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. right? And I was like, she doesn't want, like, it was rubbing it in your face and doing it on purpose, even though I knew what you preferred. Those are the people who are assholes. People who are really trying. Yeah. You have to cut him some slack. Anyway, I've filler busted enough. What, what do you have to say about all this? No, I agree. I think that intent is is definitely something. And in, in, um, look, you're not going to please everybody. I mean, I, I did spend a little bit of last night going like, you know, I just I feel like sometimes the narrative gets um, changed by the masses. Mm -hmm. And so what frustrates me is that, you know, people don't necessarily people who don't necessarily listen or or listen to it will go will go away thinking that you know we don't like the show or that mm -hmm. we don't care about the show or whatever and it's like i mean to be honest with you i feel like sometimes we're nicer 
to the to the show than than you know the fa- the other the quote unquote true fans are mm-hmm. you know and so i you know it's but again it's like i'm not i'm not necessarily a part of that world 24/7 so yeah. at the end of the day you know who gives a shit if people don't like what i have to say or you know i'm not it's not going to kill me yeah. so and why i'm not running it. for office anytime soon so all right, well, let's just leave it there. All right, this week, Kennedy and Jasmine are sick of skinny young white bitches, and Jaden makes gross comments about her own feet. In the mini challenge, the girls work their twerk in the best Golden Girls couture. For this week's maxi challenge, the girls are split into teams and flex their acting chops in a tragedy befitting Shakespeare. Team Max was named the winner of the challenge, while RuPaul... Uh Meanwhile, RuPaul was tired of the goddamn excuses, so Kennedy Davenport and Jasmine Masters were placed in the bottom two in a lip-sync battle for their lives. Kennedy lived to see another day while Jasmine Masters was asked to sashay away. Lowry the Rogging Camp named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. I I liked Max in this episode. Mm -hmm. So again, I feel like, you know, I went from saying that I don't like somebody to feeling like I could possibly see really liking this person. And I thought Max did a really great job. I thought Mm -hmm. from, from beginning to end, I thought the old person uh, was great. I thought they did a great job um, in, you know, running the team and Mm -hmm. acting in the, in the play. And then I thought the look was great at the end. So, you know, I, I would say that, that it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I could see, you know, like in this, and overall, I liked the um, the plays. I felt like this season so far, and I'm seeing this is like I feel like it's uh, it's I, I like the way that they have these like theatrical performances. I kind of like that. Well, I, I don't want to say too much here, but that actually, I'm not saying I, I don't know because we're doing a revisit of this whole season, but. Uh, uh, there was a complaint about that at the time. At the time that there the, the was a problem with that, all and right. People didn't like it. I guess I'll tip. I'll tip my hand here. There was a complaint, but let's see how far we go into the season. Let's see if you evolve on this. That there were too many acting challenges for season seven. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. I mean, like I said, I I tend to waffle back and forth. Um, the one thing I didn't like, I I didn't like the faux drama that that jasmine and kennedy tried to conjure up about the new people and then well all the old people and then ginger said yeah they don't understand what it's like and then brought it talked about a a very heartwarming but also not at all connected to what they were trying to say story about drag queens you know performing for a woman or man i forgot who was dying of of cancer or something Mm -hmm. and it's like what does that have to do with being a young like it just didn't make any sense so i felt like it was just very manufactured okay um two things liked about the episode uh first of all uh, for great quotes from this from this season uh or iconic quotes from the show this one is chock full of iconic drag queen quotes that you hear all the time we'll do a you know i'll probably hit them up again in in the appropriate spots but uh you have which we play in the beginning fucking make it happen i don't want to hear any goddamn excuses anymore you have this where did you get a loaf of bread we have this bitch. we have this you gotta pop them corn so the kids can eat and this is probably the most iconic we have this the struggle is real so a lot of quotes from this episode that are iconic. Oh, the struggle is real. That's from that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a, that's one of the more iconic uh, drag queen drag race lines. You know, a lot of the but the pop the corn so the kids can eat panties, bitch. Uh, where did you get a loaf of bread? I mean, all this stuff you know is constantly talked about. So it's great for quotes. Um, next, you know, I love drama. And uh, I love RuPaul melting down. You know, uh, I should probably dig it up and maybe we'll release it with this episode or maybe not. No, let's release it with the Despy Awards. But when Evan and I covered the, uh, a different episode for season seven, we did a, we did a series where we reviewed uh, iconic episodes from the show. Uh-huh. And we did a couple of season seven ones. And one of them was called the Despy Awards. But on that episode, we interviewed uh, Mrs. Kasha Davis. 
And really, yeah, that yeah, actually yeah. miss actually interviewed her. We actually interviewed her the way we, you and I interviewed Hollow Eve. We interviewed Mrs. Kasha Davis. Really? Uh huh. And uh, Mrs. Kasha Davis told us that um, th- this episode, uh, you know, she was in the other team. She was on the winning team. Yeah. But on this episode, it was very uncomfortable. People knew that. I guess that a lot more was said during the filming than we ever saw. That it was really, really, really RuPaul was not happy, and that the meltdown in the main stage was very intense. Like there were things that were not shown because they didn't want to show RuPaul in a bad light. But oh, RuPaul was said. Yes, yeah, RuPaul was genuinely very, 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 very angry with them. Like really, really mad, and it was very at the at the end or or during the show. Uh, at the end, you mean the episode during the main stage or on the filming? Because it looked like. She it looked like she was perturbed. Well, she does that thing that I I think I've said that's kind of terrifying where you could tell she's getting she's getting upset where she starts mm-hmm. to laugh when she talks. <laughs> so she was like, This is the this is by far the biggest train wreck I've ever seen. And I was like, Oh, that scares me. Um, but so was it around that time? Because the only time I saw her get actual mad mad was at the end when she was saying the I don't remember the interview, and we will release the Mrs. Kasha Davis episode interview when we did it for real. You know, so well, we'll let's do it talk the- about this for thirty minutes. Yeah, no, what but- was Mrs. Kasha Davis like? <laughs> no, we're not. You'll have to hear the interview, oh, okay. Lori. But okay. um, but uh, what I will say is, I think I think she was talking at like at both points. I think she was. I think RuPaul was not happy. RuPaul was not happy that day. So uh, yeah. I could see that. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So those, but I do love seeing RuPaul get mad. It makes me so happy. The one thing I did not like, um, I don't think I liked the bearded runway. I don't think I liked it. It particularly makes me mad because um, I don't remember if it was season five or season six. Uh, someone wore a beard and they came down on her. You know, really? Yeah. And then now all of a sudden uh, they're like, oh, now we're going to do it. They do that a lot. Well, it just kind of came out of nowhere, too. And I felt like it had no – Well, there was no connection between beard and, and outfit. Well, here's know? the deal. It, around this time was when a drag queen – I believe she's German. I could be wrong without name. Conchita, Diana Fire? Conchita Wurst okay. uh, won the Eurovision Song Contest. And oh. so, and there was a big news that this bearded drag queen had, in Europe had won this this very famous song contest, and so I think they were trying to pay tribute to Conchita Wurst on this show. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, anyway, and then the one thing I just told you what the one thing I didn't like was. All right, uh, moving on. After Sasha Bell's elimination, the girls walk into the workroom. Katya wipes off the mirror message and says goodbye to their former contestant. And then later, while removing their drag, Kennedy and Jasmine have a private conversation about their distaste for certain contestants. Uh, this is also when, you know, because they don't like them, uh, Jasmine's talking about... Um, well, she's talking about all the young queens, but specifically, she doesn't like Violet Chachki's boy body and stuff like that, and how she just walks around naked. So this is when she says, Panties, bitch. Uh, so, Lori, let me ask you this question. Um, we talked about the iconic quote there. Um, what What did you think of this whole moment? I mean, I gotta be honest. I, I mean, I just, I didn't like the fact that they were they, I just felt like they didn't have any real reason to be upset with them mm-hmm. you know like other than it, it was just one of those things where I just felt like it, it, they were threatened it's you know when, when you know when somebody is just like very threatened by yeah. like in a competition setting and they're threatened by their talent so instead of just saying like hey you're you obvi- I'm obviously threatened by your talent or yeah. or I'm gonna try and do my best instead they go like I don't like you and I don't like you you as a person and it's like what? that makes no sense like it, yeah it didn't really make any sense like, they were mad at them the only thing that I will say but this is not what they were attacking them for they did make a valid point there was one about experience when I'm not saying you should attack people because they don't have as much experience but I can't remember what the quote was but they were saying about how the girls. And I can't remember what, but whatever the girls were saying sounded very naive because they weren't as experienced as Kennedy and Jasmine and these other queens. Uh, but you could be very experienced at a, a very young age, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but but they were attacking them for their age, maybe for being white and the, the, their kind of body, 
you know, and their body, which they a they can't really control. I mean, you know, you can't really control if you're tall and skinny. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's not so. It's that's like making fun of Jasmine for being, you know, uh, black and skinny. Mm-hmm. Like it's like why why is that oh not okay? But then you know, make co- making calling out somebody for being white and skinny is okay. Like that just didn't make any sense. Well, you know, just- remember, didn't somebody say something about Jasmine, like, like the first episode and she got upset with them about it or something? Or oh, am I thinking about all stars? I don't remember, but I will say that, you know, uh, on a, on a previous version of this show, uh, people on this podcast were saying negative things about Jasmine's physical appearance. And because Jasmine Masters has blocked us. She's the only drag queen who's blocked us, but she's blocked well, us. First off, Jasmine Masters has a has an amazing body. She like, does, but that uh, that's just a fact. All of, most of them do. I mean, even I would say even Ginger Minj has is an attractive person. Mm-hmm. Now, does necessarily does she have like is she a fit person? No, but she has a a, a nice face and mm-hmm. hair yeah. and eyes, and so I don't feel like anybody is visually unappealing on this show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, but that's the thing is I, I just feel like, I feel like it's unnecessarily picking on people. And then also I could kind of see being uncomfortable with maybe, you know, Violet walking around, but the way that Jasmine was making it seem was that Violet was like walking around and like checking in, like just kind of stopping and stretch like old men at the gym, you know, like was just kind of talking and walking around. It's like the way that they showed her, she was just kind of, she took off her pants and then walked over to get some other pants, you know? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like she was, you know, purposely, you know, trying to show off her body or anything. Anyway, the point I was going to make was Jasmine has blocked us. The only reason I can think of for Jasmine for blocking us is because she was offended by something that someone said on the show. Which is funny because she was critiquing other people's physical appearance here on this show. So, um, I don't know. It's Well, the people who critique others are the ones who are the most sensitive. I mean, look at us, you know. (laughs) Yeah, look at you, Joe. You won't even read the comments on on Reddit. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're case number one. Yeah. But, but yeah, I just, I don't know. And also, I just get so tired of people talking about how, and this is in comedy, too, where people act like, look, experience does have a place. I'm yeah. not saying it doesn't. Experience does have a thing. But there is also something to say about people who are new to it, too, because people who are new don't necessarily aren't as jaded and they have that kind of zest for the art form, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so they're kind of willing to take chances and do think maybe do things stupid, stupid things, but maybe it pays off in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And so I think both can be rewarding and both can be advantageous in a competition competition setting and to say that you know your experience automatic it it just brings me to my one of my pet peeves about competition general where i feel like people have this attitude of like well you shouldn't even be competing you should just let me win and it's like you know go fuck yourself i feel that that's the beginning of every competition show these girls might as well go home because the winner is right here yeah so i guess the tv show's over yeah, it's just like, sh- shut up. Just do the competition. Like, I would just like to see, and I know it sounds dumb, but I would just like to see a competition where people actually just compete and then deal with the consequences, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, mm-hmm. and it would be called the most boring competition ever. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. The next day, Jaden talked about her gross feet, and Jasmine's solution was to pop the corns so the kids can eat. Actually, I have that right here. You got to pop them corns so the kids can eat. <laughs> Next, RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. Now, today's mini challenge is an old, old old-fashioned Soul Train dance line. We're calling it Sissy That Walker. (laughs) Are you living? Well, more like assisted living. You've got 15 minutes to get into some old lady drags. And in the end, the two grooviest grannies will win. All right, Max and Kennedy were named the winners of the challenge, and as part of their prize, they were named the team captains for the main challenge, which RuPaul explained to the contestants right here. For this week's Maxi Challenge, you'll be acting in a comedic adaptation of two Shakespeare classics, Romy and Juliet, <laughs> and my favorite, Meg Bitch. Now, Max and Kennedy, 
You get to pick your castmates and assign the roles. All right. The teams broke down as follows. One, Team Kennedy, who they landed up doing uh, called Mick Bitch. Kennedy, Jasmine, Katya, Pearl, Candy Ho, and Violet were on Team Kennedy. Meanwhile, on Team Max, you had Ro- they were doing Romy and Juliet. Uh, Ginger, Trixie, Kasha, Jaden, and Fame. Lori, give me your thoughts on the mini challenge where they had to do the dances, the Golden Girl, you know, the old lady drag. Let's talk about that first. What were your thoughts on the old lady mini challenge drag? I thought it was funny. I thought it was cute. I thought it was kitschy. And I, I will always be shocked because they, what, they gave him like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'll always be shocked at how quickly some of these contestants can get into drag because, I mean, if you gave me four hours and all the makeup in the world, I don't think I could come up with with any of these outfits. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought I thought it was cute. I liked I liked how RuPaul kind of got into it. I liked that they danced with the the male dancers and the um, pit crew. Yeah, the pit crew. I thought I thought I thought they all did it. I thought it was cute. I love I l- loved when RuPaul goes, "Where'd you get that bread?" Because <laughs> it was too. I was going like, "How? Okay, where did the bread come from?" I know the answer to that. So Jasmine Masters already knew just from knowing former contestants. um, I don't know if this has changed, but the food situation on the show was awful. Uh, Awful, awful, awful. Notoriously really bad. In fact, in season four, it's rumored that because Sharon Needles, I think, was vegetarian or vegan. Excuse me, I don't know which one it is. But because she was vegetarian or vegan, like, they would just literally give her, like, a loaf of, like, a piece of bread. And like ranch dressing, that's what she like lived on, you know. What? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And that the food was just notoriously bad, you know. So what Jasmine did was she packed, she snuck in food, so she could have food to eat because she knew. That's what, that's oh, what that's smart. Yeah, and actually, the girls were sort of sad to see Jasmine go because she was the person who had the hot sauce and the bread, and the, she had a, <laughs> she basically had a whole kitchen. You know, with her, and she would like share it with the other girls. You know, and so they were sort of, they were sort of sad to see her go. So that's why RuPaul was like, surprised to see a loaf of bread because she's like, <laughs> "Why? Did, where is that from?" And yeah, but that's where that's where Jasmine got it from. That's um, smart. Uh, okay, I have a couple of things I want to talk about. What What did you think about the moment when RuPaul had that? She well, she came out on the hoverboard, ha ha ha. But then she's about to start the competition, and she goes, and she drives by them. And it it reminds me, we've seen this before in other competition shows that we cover, Lori, where, like, everybody laughs because they're supposed to because the boss made the joke. And it's very, like, the, <laughs> it's, like, laughing way too hard that the joke's not that funny. Yes. What? what yeah. <laughs> it makes me, it actually makes it funny in a whole other way. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's, like, that split second where they, where it, because... When you when something genuinely funny happens, you just laugh automatically. Mm-hmm. But when something happens and you realize you have to laugh, there's that split second where you go, "I'm supposed to laugh." <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "Yeah, there is like, oh, that was a joke." Okay, <laughs> and that always makes me. And so I feel like it just becomes funny in and of itself mm-hmm. that, that that she does. But it's just like it's also just so sad. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like it's just it's it's like a it's like a sixty year old dating a twenty year old. It's yeah. like you know that they're the twenty year old's not in it for mm-hmm. for for the reasons you think, but you're gonna you're gonna go along with it anyways. It's just like come on, Rue, they mm-hmm. don't find you that funny. So, <laughs> so um, oh wait, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, okay. Next, I want to complain about something. Oh, is it me? No. Okay. This RuPaul, she goes and she says, "You can see the gifs online." I hate anyone who says gifs is the fucking devil. All right. Now, do you know this whole gifs versus gifs argument? Well, I will say to be fair, what this is season seven. What yeah. what year did this come out? It came out around the time that this was a real argument. Yeah, so this was around the time where I feel like this this was still up in the air, where people were like, "Is it GIF or is it GIF?" And then we everybody was like, "No, it's it's GIF." So, well, do you know why I do cut her some slack? And do you know why people thought it was GIF? Do you know why though? Uh, Because it looks like GIF. No, no, because the guy who created the actual GIF uh, computer thing or whatever I don't know what it's called, software or whatnot. 
he says it's pronounced Jif, right? Oh, okay. So but technically, then it no, would be pronounced. No, it's not. I'll tell you why. Because GIF is a, an acronym for Graphics Interchange Format. Graphics Interchange Format. So it's You GIF. sound really smart when you say No, that. well, no, I mean, it's, it's fucking annoying when people, and this RuPaul's trying to be all relevant by saying GIFs. It's fucking GIFs. I'm done. Thank you. This just reminded me of that argument. I want to lay it down right there. I will say this. If she says it now, I would say that you have a right to be upset. But I think back in that time period, you know, give her, cut her a little bit of slack. We I were in that process of like, it's kind of like when the when the person who uh, was the owners of, of LaCroix La says that it's pronounced LaCroix. Did they really? And everybody si- simultaneously said, no, go fuck yourself. Did, that really, it did, La- did that really yeah. happen? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No one's calling it LaCroix. Yeah, you know? so I think that, you know, but there was a, a, a time period where people were like, it's LaCroix, no. and then people were like, no. Yeah, go, go fuck, fuck yourself. It. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, then I'm going to come down to RuPaul again. She goes on every talk show, and she repeats the same false information. Then she's saying it, and then you have these uh, fucking sugar baker twins from Camp Wanakiki. They're going, I saw them on uh, Undercover Boss, season seven, episode nine. Uh-huh. They say the same incorrect information where they say now it's it's so incorrect on so many levels, okay? Uh-huh. But RuPaul says that Shakespeare coined the term drag and that it stood for dressed as a girl. Okay? Okay. A simple Google search. Like you just type this in drag term origin will tell you this is wrong. First of all, and this is just based on my just Googling things, the no one knows where it comes from, right? But that um, the most commonly accepted origin story is we do know this. The first time it appears anywhere in the English language is like in the 1870s, end of the 19th century, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, and it's and it is a term for men dressing as women. At that point, it's not confined necessarily to homosexuals. It could just be just, you know, just a man dressed as a woman is like a drag party or something like that, right? Yeah. And so that's the the earliest appearance in English language is in the late 19th century, okay? Uh Uh-huh. Then this, like, gay society in England, they start to adopt it and then they make it more gay, right? And it becomes, like, they, they use it exclusively. And they actually think the term might come from some sort of secret language, you know, they had in this, like, you know, like, coded language uh, that they had that maybe that was, like, a coded language word that they used. Uh-huh. Another theory that makes more sense, but because the, and that's, where, that's where it ends, right? Now, the origin of the term, the one that people seem to agree with on the most, I don't even know if I agree on this. I think, I think sometimes we just don't know the origins of things, okay? Uh-huh. Is that it could possibly refer to the fact that they wore these long petticoats and that they would drag on the floor, but no one knows. That's just a, that's just a, a guess, a speculation, right? Uh-huh. But even let's go back to the dressed as girl, that's a sort of like pop myth of origin of it. Uh no one takes that origin theory seriously. And even when you see those theories, none of them specifically say Shakespeare invented it. They say it was possibly a term from that era, you know, of dress as girl, but there's no one serious who believes in that origin story. But this RuPaul, she goes on talk shows and talks about it. I saw her talking about Graham Norton. She, you know, she talks about the news story. Any interview she gets, she talks about that, you know. And same thing with, uh, and I think the Sugar Baker twins probably just heard her and they repeated that same fucking stupid uh, wrong information on a major national network. Pisses me off. Thank you, Lloyd. What were you going to say? Well, so if 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 we so the word drag wasn't first used by Shakespeare, then is that what you're saying? Because yes. that's what she says. The word yeah. drag was first used yes. by Shakespeare. Yes. The first time it appears in the English language is like no earlier than the 1870s. By just anonymous, or, I could, or? Like, I, it says if you. I mean, I'm telling you, if you just do Google drag term origin, like. The first, all the articles at first they will tell you what it is. It's some sort of like advertisement or newspaper article or something like that. I don't know. Oh, okay. But it, it doesn't take a hard search here. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess 
I don't this know. is across Maybe. the board, by the way. This is a, this is not like oh, I'm I, you know RuPaul's relying on one source, I'm relying on another. No, I'm just a, a simple Google search will have you like every single valid website you go to will have the same pretty much story. Well, do you think maybe that was the definition that they're going for, which is girls, men who dress up as girls? Is that that was the first well, no, the definition I, of that the, version the point, of drag? The point I'm making is that we don't know the origin. What I just told you isn't the origin. The, the, what all I really, the only thing I stand by is that the term is not first used until like the end of the 19th century or the closing oh, years okay. of the 19th century. I don't know the origin of the term. No one knows. And that, that's what everyone agrees on. What every, every, well, one thing everyone can agree on, we don't know the origin of the term. We just, that's just the first time it pops up. But RuPaul's going down, spouting off like she's an expert. Like, oh, no, this is the actual origin of the term. You don't know that. No one thinks. And like I said, even the people who put forth the theory about dressed as girl, they talk about it like Elizabethan era. That's one of the theories. No one ever specifically says Shakespeare. Yeah. Do you think that maybe if she had done more research in in figuring out that uh, Kennedy's team wouldn't have sucked so hard during the competition? Do you think that that maybe is why they, they were so terrible? Is they f- didn't necessarily realize where drag comes from? Yes, that, I, I, I do hold to that. You're right. I agree. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Mm-hmm. In fact, let's talk about it. On Team Max, the girls seemed uh, to get to gel pretty early on with little to no drama. During their rehearsal with RuPaul and Michelle Visage, things seemed to be running smoothly until Jaden Dior Fierce broke down in tears. On the main stage, RuPaul and the judges watched Team Max's final performance and laughed at every horrible joke. Laura, we chose to do all of Team Max from workroom to filming to final performance to final viewing all in one shot. What were your thoughts on all things Team Max? I mean, I thought they did great. You know, I thought, and and I will say this, I thought Max did a really great job of kind of, you know, moving things along Mm -hmm. and, you know, and not taking things personally and kind of just going like, look, this is how we need to do it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and also led by example in that she kind of put herself out there, you know, where I feel like that's what Kennedy didn't necessarily do. Um, but yeah, and then, and as far as looks go, I mean, for the most part, I will say I did kind of think that, um, uh, team Mac knew that they were going to win, Mm -hmm. you know? So I, I had a, I kind of felt a little bit like their looks necessarily weren't, uh, amazing, but they weren't terrible. I just kind of felt like they were just a little you know eh. so uh, yeah there isn't really much to say about team max their filming seemed to go pretty smoothly there was the one moment with Jaden dior fierce what did you think of the moment with Jaden dior fierce breaking down and crying i the, see that's the thing is i would love to see i would love to know what the real life situation was because i mean i could see her being nervous about getting messing up or maybe it was jitters or whatever i thought i liked how max just kind of went in there and said you got this and you know she she then delivered she did a good job um i i don't know i also i will just say and and i get that RuPaul and Michelle Vachaz are judges. I do. I, you know, maybe I, maybe I say that they judge too harshly or, or whatever, but I understand that they are judges and that's their job is to judge the show. Mm-hmm. But if they're also coaching them, then they have to be fucking coaches. And I feel like they weren't really coaching them. Mm-hmm. They were sort of also secondarily judging them during the, during this as well. Mm-hmm. It's like offer something that they can use, you know, like I just, I didn't necessarily feel like they were, you know, like when they do choreography, they have a choreographer go and teach them choreography. They don't have a choreographer watch them dance and then go, "Oh boy, I'd hate to be, I'd hate to be dancing with you, uh, right?" You know. Well, then you have not seen Todrick Hall do this. I okay, yeah, I haven't Hall seen does. him yet. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is like, I don't feel like I don't feel like that's fair to them to have to also have being be judged while they're trying to work on you know, their performance. And so I just, I just, it's like either, either help them and then judge them. Or if you can't, if you can only be a judge, then have somebody else be the one to help them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, I, I, for my part, 
I'm not a big Jaden Dior Fierce fan. And I think by this stage, when I watched it for the first time in real time, I was very ambivalent towards her. But now seeing the whole season, having that knowledge, I just I just think it's a whole big, big bunch of crock of shit. She's just always full of fucking so many goddamn excuses. Um, oh, you think she's trying to, like, rile sympathy? Yeah, I think she realizes... In other words, she doesn't know how the other team has done by this point, okay? Or how they're yeah. going to do, right? So she's seen, okay, everyone on this team is so much stronger than I am. Let me break down the tears so RuPaul feels sorry for me um, if we fail. Has she not met RuPaul? I think by this <laughs> day, she's, she still thinks she's a good person. I don't think I don't think that 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 actually works for RuPaul. I think RuPaul would just a little that I know. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would actually be like a hindrance. Yeah. So. No. All right. Who about Team Kennedy? Now, Team Kennedy, Jasmine Masters, and Kennedy conspire against Violet Chachki. Jasmine struggles with her lines. Violet has a hissy fit, and Kennedy makes a casting change during filming with RuPaul and Michelle. The team members didn't know their lines and were generally foolish, which earned a lecture from RuPaul on the main stage. RuPaul and the judges watched the final product and responded. It was cringy, but they responded accordingly. All right, Lori, give me your analysis on all things Team Kennedy. I mean, from top to bottom, this made no goddamn sense. First off, I would have loved to have been in the in the wings and been like, "Oh, how did the experience work out for you guys?" Because mm-hmm. like the whole time, it was it just seemed like Kennedy. This is the first time that Kennedy ever did anything. Yeah, like she just didn't seem like she knew what she was doing, and she wanted to give Jasmine this this bitchy role. It was like, why don't you guys just rehearse it a couple of times? Like, yeah. like have her get like it just didn't make any sense why. You know, they they did a, a a very brief table read. Then she Kennedy just immediately changes the the um, the script again and says, "I'm giving you these characters, but we're not going to rehearse." It just didn't make any sense. I was just like, "What?" Like, I honestly feel like there must have been something else going on because it just didn't make any sense to me why Kennedy was actively not wanting to work with the, uh in this team. So. Yeah, it just uh, it was just awful. So okay, so very very poorly managed. Very nobody spoke up. Mm-hmm. You know, I just felt like it was. And then also, I mean, for to to say I had sympathy for Violet Chachki in the beginning, but then to to the to the credit of Kennedy, she also did not do a very good job as the bitch. Mm-hmm. You know, she came out and she was very stale, like Michelle mm-hmm. Michelle Visage said, very stale, very not, you know, and it's like, okay, you, you kept talking about how you could kill this role and then you come out and you're milk toast. So, you know. Yeah, I, I've always thought Kennedy does not seem to be a good team player. No. Right? And, uh, but I, because it, it, it did feel very, speaking of mean girls, it seemed like Kennedy and Jasmine were being the mean girls and... Kennedy as a team leader was letting Jasmine instead of thinking about the team was was watching out for her friend and her friend said I don't want to do the ghetto role I want to do the other role but it was she was terrible as her you know yeah and which to me is like what what idiot I mean I look I understand maybe not wanting to be stereotyped mm-hmm. but if I was in a competition and and we were in the team and it was like we have these comedy roles we have a fat loud person yeah. I would be like yes I will be that per I know I can do that mm-hmm. I know that I can I can be that person even though yeah maybe I don't want to always play the fat loud person you know but it's yeah. just like it's a competition seriously Yeah I would want to play at my strengths but one of the things is Kennedy is not a good team leader and she should have totally been no. in the bottom which she was for just the failure of leading that team it was awful they didn't because violet does say we should rehearse and she's like no and yeah. let me ask you this question why do you think it is that violet is always chosen last up to this point there's got to be something about her that just rubs either something that we're not seeing because she does seem like she is legitimately talented like her outfits are good she she's she's as uh, except for this this round Mm -hmm. which i will say i I was disappointed in in how she was in in this in this uh episode yeah where she but but i mean her look i thought was still good Mm -hmm. and but she 
is usually a pretty good performer, mm -hmm. in my opinion, in the last two episodes that I've seen. Mm -hmm. And so there must just she just must be rubbing people the wrong way, or her mm -hmm. attitude just must be really shitty off stage mm -hmm. to the point where people just don't want her, you know, uh, on their team. Yeah. All right, it's elimination day, and the girls are getting ready for the runway. Jasmine Masters realizes she may be in trouble, but she isn't worried because she has a killer dress. And Jane Dior shares her own determination to stay in the competition. Meanwhile, Jasmine, Kennedy, Mrs. Kasha Davis, and Ginger Minge talk about their group, the Old Lady Brigade. As they apply their makeup, the older girls complain about the younger girls. Laura, your thoughts on this elimination day segment? So this, <laughs> again, this made no sense to me. This this was the thing I was talking about where they start talking about that these queens don't understand, you know, what it's like and they don't have they don't have um they haven't been through the things that they they've been through and it's like yeah cuz they're just starting out. Mm -hmm. Like it I just didn't understand that. And then also another thing that frustrated me was then Ginger Minge goes and says, yeah, they don't understand what it's like, and then tells this very heartwarming story, but it was clouded by g me going like, how does this fit into the... Into, <laughs> like, how, like, it was like, I, co I couldn't under... I couldn't enjoy the, the beauty of the story, because it was a very sweet story about how this woman went to this show for if i remember correctly um this woman goes to this show because you know her bucket list is to go to this show but she's dying mm -hmm. and then uh one day she doesn't show up so they find out that she's in hospice care mm -hmm. and the drag queens go and perform do a solo show for her which i thought was very sweet mm -hmm. but it was like the whole time i was thinking i don't are is she saying that that the younger queens haven't had an old person die on them like i don't understand what she was trying what message she was trying to get across it just seemed to me like she was like i want to tell this story but i haven't figured out how to jam it in yet so this is how i'm gonna do it oh i see yeah maybe that's true because what here's what's funny is you and i have such different thoughts when i hear that story i'm just like i don't know if i buy that story Oh, see, I, I don't see why she would make it up. It just seems like one of those things where it seems too too uh, um, heartfelt to be fake. Oh, really? Now, I could be wrong. Who knows? Maybe she completely made it up. But it just went. But yeah, but but I think the reason why it comes off as being fake is because it comes out of left field. <laughs> It would be like you and I talking about like like uh uh not to do inside baseball, but your friend mm -hmm. uh Jason Ellis called yesterday to ask about UCB, mm -hmm. and it would be like if he if he was like oh what teacher should I what should I take and I was like you know what you should do. A couple years ago, I had a cyst the size of a three month old baby on my right ovary, and I had to have it removed. I was in the hospital for two weeks, and. This really nice Filipino nurse was there, and she would constantly talk to me about how I needed to relax and be calm. Uh -huh. And she said that when she went to the Philippines to visit her family, her mom gave her this hair clip and said that what what she realized was that, um, you know, anytime you feel or what she told her was anytime you feel stressed, just touch this hair clip and know that things can get better. So when I left the hospital, she gave me the hair clip. Now I immediately turned threw it away because I don't use hair clips. But it was a very sweet gesture. I'd be like that. That'd be like the story that she, you know, it's like what what the hell? How does that fit with what we're talking about? Yeah. Look. And uh, by the way, that's a true story. The struggle is real. <laughs> Wait, so give me the short version of that story. You had a cyst and what about a hair clip? Oh, I this Filipino nurse kept telling me that I was I was stressing out about life too much and said that her mom had her like had gave her a hair clip when she was in the Philippines and said, whenever you uh, get stressed out, touch the hair clip and think of me. And so then when I was like my last day there, she gave me the hair clip as like a memento to be like, here, take it, you know. And I told her, I was like, no, I, I, I appreciate it, but I don't want it. And then she's like, no, 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 please. And then I kept it for like three weeks. But then at the end, I was like, I don't use hair clips. So you, I just you know me when she has a bucket of hair clips and she tells everyone that story. <laughs> yeah. I did buy it for $23. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. Um, okay. Uh, all right. Now it's time to talk about 
The looks. Lori Roddenkamp, your thoughts on this week's looks? Um, I mean, overall, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was weird. Uh, <laughs> the the beard thing, mm-hmm. you know? I thought that was weird. Um, you know, uh, I will say this. The, yeah. As far as the looks go, it reminds me of when I was about six years old. My ma- my aunt had moved into an apartment complex in uh-huh. Diamond Bar. Sure. And she was pulling up the t- the tile from her uh, kitchen, and she had to put this chemical on the tile in order to get the the tile c- to come up. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was like an acidy kind of chemical. And she accidentally fell mm-hmm. onto the chemical, and she had burns on her butt. And so my mom had to drive over to her house and take her to the emergency room, and she had to bring us because my dad wasn't home. Mm-hmm. And so my mom to like explain to us because we were little said that my aunt had microwaved her butt so (laughs) when so for the longest time i thought that my aunt had stuck her butt in the microwave so that's how i feel about the looks um i'll just make a few comments you know you know i think miss miss fame's outfit was very strong i like the little laugh she did at the end it had like a sort of like it was very artistic and nice fashiony and sort of harlequin i loved it mrs kasha davis again i think looks fantastic uh she has the beard she's incorporated in looks very glamorous strangely i'm not usually a big fan of pearl's look but pearl did that weird beard where it was like almost like magnet like red magnets on her face um i liked. yeah i thought yeah. that was great uh, don't like Trixie's um, violence is very whatever to me. I know she usually brings looks, but it's very whatever. Max's look, I think, is great with the corset and the Salvador Dali beard and like a whole kind of like riding crop. It was, it was uh, great. Kennedy's look is just basic pageant with a beard. Katya's it's look- like a pube beard, though. Like yeah. I will say, I do agree with the. I think it was Michelle or somebody was like, it's like they that she shaved her pubes and then glued it to her face. Yeah, it did have that look. Katya did a, 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 a Abraham Lincoln. Um, Which was weird, yeah. Yeah, it was just odd. Candy Ho, I think looks awful with this weird, you know, geometrical shape for the wig. It just looks cheap, too. It looks like a I, cheap dress. I did laugh out loud when they said that the finally when she could, could coutures, contours herself correctly, mm-hmm. yeah. she's wearing a beard. <laughs> that was funny. That's true. Jaden Dior Fears, I just think it looks a mess. I don't think it looks good at all. Uh, Ginger no. Minj. Ginger Minj looks fine. She incorporated the beard, has the hair. But I want to talk about Jasmine Masters. First of all, in the Elimination Day challenge, she's like, I'm going to wear this dress because even if I'm in the bottom, RuPaul is going to see this dress and be like, "If you, just for wearing this dress, you shouldn't be in the bottom. Laurie, this dress was so whatever. I would even say bordering on not even good. Oh, see, I like the dress. Oh, really? I thought the dress was great. What I did not understand was the beard and the hair. That's what I didn't understand. Yeah. And I it, think if she had actually wo- just worn a beard and maybe not done the weird f- flip hair, mm-hmm. then she would have been, I think she she possibly would have not been in the bottom. Yeah. Hmm. In my opinion. I don't know. Um. Yeah. So anyway, that's my thoughts on the looks. Any, do you have any other thoughts on the looks before we move on, Lori? I mean, here's the thing, mm-hmm. and this is I, I'm only picking on them purely because they they were in the beginning talking about how they were so upset by the new people mm-hmm. and how the the young people and how they just didn't understand, mm-hmm. you know what 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 the struggle was. Mm-hmm. You have Kennedy Davenport, who yeah. I will say this. I think is uh, usually I've liked the the looks that she's presented. Um, I think, Ken, but Kennedy Davenport had a, a pew beard on, mm-hmm. ba- barely even tried with the beard, mm-hmm. and I would say the dress wasn't even that great either. Mm-hmm. Now Jasmine Masters, I actually like the dress. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like the dress. I didn't necessarily like the hair, mm-hmm. but the beard—it wasn't even a beard. It was like she took black grease and smeared it on her face it was like what the hell are you doing like it was almost a slap in the face to the actual competition Mm -hmm. like it was it would be like you know anything else if you if somebody said like oh you know do like a a hawaiian theme or whatever and she just took a palm frond and you know glued it to her the side of her face Mm -hmm. like it just doesn't even it didn't even make sense yeah 
so I, I just, I just think it's so, it's so uh, uh, ironic to me mm-hmm. that the two people who are like these young people don't understand what you know they they just don't understand what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Then they turn around and do the least amount of work mm-hmm. for the competition. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I'm glad Jasmine went home. I thought that. I I wish I honestly I think it should have been a double elimination. I think Kennedy oh, was really? terrible. Yeah. I think I don't think either one was great. Oh, so wow, very interesting. All right, over on the main stage, Team Mac receives praise and is allowed to leave the stage. Meanwhile, Team Kennedy uh goes under the microscope and they all start throwing each other under the bus, which leads RuPaul to already having done had herses. Okay, and turn the page here. Oh, I'm just gonna read the clip. All right, here we go. Here's the clip, even for the millionth time. Fucking make it happen! I don't want to hear any goddamn excuses anymore. When the girls return, Kennedy Davenport and Jasmine Masters are placed in the bottom. This forces the two friends to go head to head in a lip sync battle for their lives. The song "I Was Gonna Cancel" by Kylie Minogue. In the end, Kennedy was told Shantae you stay, and Jasmine Masters was asked to sashay away. Lori Roggenkamp, any final thoughts on the episode? You know, I will say this: this la- these last three episodes, mm-hmm. the song, the the elimination songs or the lip sync songs have been very underwhelming. Okay, and I I'm interested to see if it gets better. I feel like I don't know if it's like just they don't have copyright or whatever, but I feel like they are going with some of the weirdest choices, mm-hmm. like. To me, to be honest, I feel like Kenny Davenport and Jasmine Masters are could potentially be great performers. Mm-hmm. And I think if you had given them a song to actually perform to mm-hmm. or to sing to, uh, to lip sync to uh, in earnest, it would things could have turned out differently. Sure, but they gave this like milk toast song that just. I honestly feel like it kind of crippled them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like they just were like, "Well, we, I got nothing. Yeah. I don't know what to do." Mm-hmm. So. But with uh, that said, they both suck. So. <laughs> I don't think I have any other final. I mean, it's it's a good episode. It's a solid episode. It is a, it is a well known, even if it's not a great episode. It's a well known episode in the whole um, history of the show uh, in the library in the catalog, so to speak. Because I think because of the iconic quotes, there is you know people do love that moment where Pearl just. Yeah, I do think that. Okay, first of all, Pearl didn't had never heard of Macbeth. Call me stupid, call me young, whatever. I just never heard yes. of him. Yeah, okay. I was gobsmacked by yeah. that. I I totally forgot about that moment. That to me makes no sense. <laughs> I honestly feel like that somebody should contact her English teacher at whatever mm-hmm. grade and been yeah. like, "What were you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> and then um and then we also know that uh um, they, they, I feel like there was some, there was some sort of like shady shit that they were doing. Like, I, 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 we didn't talk about this really. Pearl sort of, sort of got the shit end of the stick in this challenge because she comes up going, she goes like, um, friends, Romans, cunty men, and they're like, don't do that deep voice, which is weird because in the previous season they got mad at April Carrion for not doing a deep voice, and there's this weird. They just, I think they just had it out for Pearl. Because there was nothing yeah. she could do that was right. I also feel when she like lowers herself awkwardly down or that comes up awkwardly, I feel that was a shady edit that she was just doing what she was supposed to do, and then they made it seem like it was awkward or uncomfortable. And I think she got the short end of the stick on this episode just to make her look stupid. And I'm not, I'm not a fan. I could see that because I I do remember thinking that they were very nice to Candy Ho, where it seemed like she didn't understand what was going on at all. And then I was like, oh, they're going to hate her. And then they were like, it seemed like you were having a lot of fun. And I was like, (laughs) what? (laughs) What? She didn't seem like she knew at all what was happening. Well, look, this show is so... And I think this season is a common theme. that It's very apparent their motives. Um, it's their motives are very apparent. What uh, are their motives? We're gonna find out. I will tell you this: spoiler alert. After this season, nearly the entire uh, production side was fired. Really? Oh yeah. Well, that's gonna what, do it. Is, is this something happen? That's gonna do it for this week's episode oh, of RuPaul's it. Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season Seven. So, for until next week, for Lori Roggenkamp and myself, vote Elizabeth Warren. 
Oh, wait, no, I'm supposed to say sashay away. Until next week. something to say email us at drag race recap at gmail.com follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash drag race recap you can also follow us on twitter and instagram at drag race recap our instagram account is managed by steven starling if you want access to more drag race content and other afterthought media shows support us at patreon.com slash afterthought media you can follow Lori Roggenkamp on Instagram at PickleMyth. Follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz. That's B-E-T-A-N-C-E. The theme song was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. This podcast was made possible by the following exclusive tier Patreon supporters. Nicholas Springham, Katie Whitmire, April Pacheco, Dean UK, Melissa Payton, Nikki Baker... Devin McKay, The State of Bree, Robert NYC, Rachel J, AJ Norris, Richard C, Common Cool, Humble Pie, J. Thomas Plank, Luke Stamen, Sirmet Smith, Travis Potter, Jesse Harris, John J, Jimmy Kilbasa, Pedro SF, Ginger Biscuit, Jesse Lozano, Parker Elliott, Lauren Eckert, Haley Sklans and her mom, and Jordan Darling. RuPaul's Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.